Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Peter. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm doing all right, thank you. Had a nice little break. Brack. Yeah. And uh, ready to get back to some video game chitter chatter now. Absolutely. And How we start with some... Ve- well, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> we start with some very important video game chitter chatter here at the beginning of 2021, don't we? Uh, we do, yeah. It's a very special episode of the podcast today. I wonder whether it might be a, a shorter episode than normal or maybe even a longer episode than normal, depending oh, on how much we've got to nice. say about our respective games of the year, uh, as well as those goodness. of the listeners too, or the patrons, mm. I should say, really. Absolutely. Uh, first, we're going to, of course, cover our sponsor that we always cover. Then we'll decide where we're walking, which, of course, we do every week. We'll do what we're playing. So we can uh, catch each other up on on what we've been playing over the the winter break, etc. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the show, we'll be talking about our top five games of the year, including, as Peter said, those selected by the patrons. I'll talk a bit more about how the selection process went down mm-hmm. when we get to that section. But I tried to make it as uh, sort of transparent as possible. And, uh, and simple to do. And thank you to everyone who, who voted in it and contributed to it. We have it. We have top five. We have three top fives to get through. We do. Yeah. It's exciting. So, Peter, who is this week's sponsor? Hey, the winter months are well and truly here. It's literally snowing today at time of recording, is it not, Ben? It um, is, Peter. That it is. It is, Peter. Is it, it not? It's chilly out there. Be careful. Um, and it can even get chilly inside your own house because it's so cold outside that it makes your house cold inside, you know? That's how mm-hmm. science works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got blankets. You've got socks. You've got socks for your feet, gloves for your hands, blankets for your front. But what yeah. about your back, Ben? How are you going to keep your back warm when you've got the blanket on your front? That's What, a- what about my back? How are you going to keep it all all warm and cosy and, and snuggly? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you how. Mm. With snug backs. Oh. Talk about snug backs. That's um, nice. You too can have a nice snug back with the special brand new back blanket from Snug Backs. Excellent. Oh, uh, et cetera, you know. Snug backs. Snug backs. Talking about snug backs. Um, it's just a blanket, but you you lie on it instead of putting it on you. But don't tell anyone that because 
They, no. I think they're trying to get patent on it, and uh, the patent office might not allow it if they learn it's just a blanket. But you know, just keep it, keep it between yourselves. Talking about snug backs, keep it between yourselves, between your backs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, can you consume the the snug back? Absolutely not. They're for wearing, wearing only. Do not, okay. Do not snack on a snug back. Um, that's not mm-hmm. what it is. It's got nothing to do with. Um, the the similar sounding but very different video game bug snacks or indeed um, bug waps mm, bug waps yeah that one um so do not eat your snug backs um but uh put them on wear them put, put them on what's the Still rrp one. of this bad boy or girl uh, nine hundred and ninety nine pence. Ooh, okay. That that really that was a journey, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It's funny how you can do that with just a single number and one word. Really yes. send people on a. There were sort of three dips and dives on that roller coaster there, mm-hmm. weren't there? It's yeah. still. I feel like nine ninety nine is still expensive. It's still a... expensive to have a snug back. Yeah. Yeah. I well, like my, I'd, I'd almost rather have my back not be snug and save well, my nine hundred and ninety-nine pence. When you're freezing your back off tonight, Ben, and you know you've got your ten-pound note sitting on your coffee table, just think about what you what you could have done. You could have been there with a nice snug back if you'd just forked out, yeah. you you miser. That's true. What a dingus I will have been. Yeah. Well, I look forward to buying it. Where can I buy it? Uh, www.snugbacks.com forward slash bugsnacks. Um, okay, again, still got absolutely nothing to do with that game whatsoever. They just thought they'd throw it into the URL for fun. Oh, snug, snug backs. Yeah. Uh, .com forward slash forward slash bug snacks. Yeah, bug snacks. It's a spoonerism of snug backs. Right. Oh, this is weird. Mm. This site can't be reached. Check if there is a typo in snugbacks.com. If something oh, it- is correct, try running Windows Network Diagnostics. What's this? Well, I think it's either just the, the the website is really busy and popular because everyone's trying to get their snug backs, right. or maybe you need to uh, one one Windows diagnostics. Um, okay, I'll try it. You I'm need to one it now. It's detecting problems. Um, troubleshooting has completed. Windows could not automatically detect this network's proxy settings. Is oh. this? Are you sure that this is a legit website? No, clearly your computer just can't detect the proxy settings of snugbacks.com it's a shame right. but okay. you know, try again tomorrow out. I suppose oh yeah maybe demand's just too high yeah mm. everyone's talking shame. about snugbacks well I'm trying to but they won't even let me go to their website yeah well don't worry about it just you know just just get a normal blanket for now and just put it on your back but don't tell snugbacks. you can't say that okay I... you can't say that during the ad read for their specific their product that specifically targets this exact issue i'll tell you why i can why because it's a lie ben oh, it's not real you you willem oh i got you how got dare you, you? <laughs> i really really thought really genuinely thought i was gonna get a snug back but never mind uh, never mind we live in hope eh? we live yeah. in hope well, there we go. We're not actually sponsored by Snugbacks, the bug snack not inspired back blanket. We are in fact sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where if you go there and support us for as little as $1 per month, you get access to the the post that we put up there asking for questions for this podcast, as well as taking part in other things like nominating and voting on the games of the year for this episode. So do consider going and supporting us. There's other tiers available too. That's right. Do it. 
Do it now. Well, no, wait until the end of the podcast and then do it later. If you can multitask, but you know, if you're driving, then don't. Uh, Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Don't, don't do it until later. Peter, where are we walking today? We are walking uh, um, through a winter wonderland. Oh, I what? was thinking that. I was thinking that that whole time that you were umming and ahhing, I was thinking walking in a winter wonderland. Yeah, well, I actually said walking through a winter wonderland because right, I was that's really different. pulling out of nowhere. And by the time I'd said winter wonderland, I realised I'd used the wrong preposition. But yeah. you sort of got it anyway, which is good to know. What if we were we- uh, oh my goodness what weeing if we were in weeing in a winter what if we were Never walking the yellow snow. off walking off a winter wonderland like it's the edge of the flat earth oh my god and then yeah. what you just fall through space yes, forever forever oh. forever and ever until you meet um thor who's zipping around with his right. hammer oh yeah. that sounds good yeah, sounds really good. Let's, James, can we make... No? We can't make that happen. <laughs> can we animate... That's can too, we hire Marvel in to... That's too... That's too specific? Okay. Mm, okay. Never mind. Winter Wonderland it is. It's time, Peter, to move on to section we've never done, ever. We've certainly never done it this early in a podcast. No, definitely not. Although we should be halfway through question one by now. But anyway, let's, yeah. let's quickly move along to what we play in... Oh... It's what we play in time. It's time to talk about what we've been playing over the break. Peter, what have you been playing? Well, I intentionally didn't really want to play in too much over the break because I wanted to have a proper break and get away from anything that was too worky for me. So Understandable. I, I played a little bit of Valhalla at the tail end, of, so <laughs> in the sort of first few days of the holidays, um, and uh, still really enjoying that. I do think I'm probably reaching... Uh, the saturation point that I reach with every Ubisoft game and, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm now probably going to turn it off and definitely not complete the main quest and come back to it later down the line. Um, But that's not to say that I've not enjoyed it. It's just that's kind of, that's just how I've always played those games, really. I don't think I've ever completed an Assassin's Creed game in my life Mm -hmm. um, and I've played several of them. Um, But enjoying it it's it's a great little it's just it's it's one of those where it's like i'm i'm there more for the for the world just to just to run around and enjoy um riding a horse through history and uh yeah. i've enjoyed every moment of that it's a really good game um and i'll continue to do so but uh yeah i think getting to the point now where i might kind of put it to put it to one side i've got other games to play you know there's all yeah, of kinds course. of things out there um so in terms of ps5 stuff that's probably the only thing I've played since the last podcast. Uh, however, over Christmas, one thing I did do, which didn't feel like work because it wasn't on a console, was play a lot of um, Jackbox Party Pack number one. Um, I've, I've mentioned this to you a couple of times out of outside of recording, but um, we, uh, me and me and my high school friends, because people are all spending Christmas kind of in their own little little bubbly homes um we decided yes. to get together a few times we, we did it on new year's eve we played jackbox like over over the, the countdown and stuff and uh a couple of other times as well i've had a really good time i've played it before um but um yeah it's it's you know it's one of those games you can play again and again because the whole point is that people are putting funny unique answers in there and 
drawing silly pictures yeah. and things. The so, worst things, the worst answers <laughs> you could possibly imagine. To absolutely, try and a laugh. The most disgusting, depraved, yeah, things ever. Especially, I mean, because that's. I I try and be kind of clever and and witty about it if I can. Like try and be relevant. And there were lots of people putting things about like current effect. You know, there were a lot of like COVID related um, answers. And it was like it was like a 2020 edition of um, Cards Against Humanity. It felt it like it feels like the natural evolution, doesn't it? Yeah. But um, when I got really stuck at one point, it was what was it? We we're playing Quiplash, and the question was. Uh, what would be a really weird demand for someone in a hostage situation? And I had about six seconds left and I was really stuck. So I just put um, demanding to be beheaded live on CBeebies. And oh, my goodness. I got all the votes for that. I got like a full quiplash for just putting something really shocking and horrible. Incredible. Um, so, you know, had a lot of fun with that game. We did a lot of drawful as well and fibbage. But... um Quiplash is one I've not really played much before, and I'm very pleasantly surprised by it. It's probably it might be one of my, one of my favourite games on the on the first pack. Um, they just brought out Party Pack Seven, I think, Jackbox. And, yeah, they're, uh, they're really getting up there, aren't they? I saw a review of it where they were saying this is like this is a great Jackbox instalment because it doesn't have a dud game in it that you <laughs> play way less than all the others. So. Might be worth checking out. I don't know. Well, let me um, slide in as well then and say I did exactly the same thing over New Year's with my secondary school friends. Yeah, they, they were my secondary school friends too. Um, yeah, just different colloquial names for the schools. Yeah, yeah you're uh, right. But yeah, I did the same thing. I, I also played Jackbox on New Year's and it was really fun. Ah, oh, lovely. Uh, yeah. Just such a delightful game. Did it over Discord. And, you know, everyone can tune in. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah really we did it over laugh. Zoom. But yeah, it was good. Um, other than that, one thing I did do over the holidays was do house admin and tidy things up and stuff in my house. Ooh, did you gamify it? Well, what that entailed was making sure that all three of the consoles I have underneath my TV are plugged into the wall or, as it happens, into a strip extender socket thing, which I bought over the holidays so that I could plug them all in nice. um, and also plugged into the TV. So that would be my PS5 and my PS4, but also a PS2 that's been sitting there for since I moved in um, and has been, I think, plugged into the wall. But I, but, oh no, it was plugged into the TV, but not into the wall because I didn't have enough sockets. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I did that, I did actually sit down and play loads and loads of Soul Calibur 2 and Tekken Tag because again that didn't feel like work so I probably played about three hours of Tekken Tag in the past week um, which I didn't think I would do because you know fighting games once you've played through arcade mode once or twice you've kind of done it all especially when you've already 100%ed that game once upon a time and you know who all the characters are uh, that you're going to unlock and you know what all their endings are then you know Mm. what else is there but I couldn't really stop. And uh, so I've <laughs> had a bit of a PS2 session over the Amazing. past fortnight instead of, uh, you know, more current current gen stuff. But I'm back into that now. We played, at time of recording, we played um, uh, Sackboy yesterday um, on our stream, didn't we? And uh, yeah, looking forward to playing that on my own time as well. Yeah, it's good. What about you then? Apart from Jackbox, what have you been playing? Jackbox. Well, let's continue talking about Sackboy briefly. I have yeah. finished Sackboy now. Mm-hmm. I have all of the trophies except one. 
and I realized that my, as I said to you yesterday when we were streaming it, my exhaustive approach to how I was playing through the game, which was really tiring and, and honestly a bit experience ruining in that I felt like I had to 100% complete each level as I went. So yeah. do it without dying, collect all the gifts and get the highest score and also get all of the sort of the balls of energy that are hidden throughout the level as well. Mm-hmm. And so it would it would often result in me, especially on the later levels, having to play them multiple times in a row just to try and get these specific goals. And the only reason I did that is because in my head, without looking at the trophies, because I was <laughs> intending to go for the platinum, the previous Little Big Planet games were you had to ace every level, do them all without dying. So naturally, I assumed there would be trophies or rewards for doing the same thing here with all the levels. There are not <laughs> at all. Yeah. And when I got towards the end of the game and I checked the trophies, I was relieved and a little bit cross. So uh, thankfully, I was able to play through the rest of it without doing that. But the final trophy that you have to do is so brutal and punishing that I have sort of semi-permanently shelved the game. Oh no. Or at least my attempt to to get the trophy. Because you know that time trial we did uh, that you unlock as you go through? Yeah. Uh, and there was one. You just sort of have to go from one end to the other as fast as possible. There are 15 in total in the game. Mm-hmm. And the last one you have to do for a trophy is all of them linked together. And it takes... Uh, the, to get a gold... You have to do it in 10 minutes. So that's 10 minutes of perfect platforming without dying or getting hit by any obstacles as it gets harder and harder. In a single run. In a single run. If you die, you go back to the start. And rightfully, a lot of people online have been saying, why is this so ridiculously hard? It's nothing like the rest of the game. (laughs) What is going on here? There was an exploit that has since been patched where you could... And this worked for all the time trials. You could get to the end of them and set any time. Uh, so you could just take your time and be really careful, basically. And uh, as soon as you got to the end, you would press circle to do a roll towards the finish line, pause it just before you crossed the finish line, mm-hmm. and then click replay. And yeah. when the menu faded down to to restart the mission, mm-hmm. you would roll over the finish line anyway, and it would, it would finish the level, but it would give you a time of zero seconds. So yeah. you would get a guaranteed gold. Uh, that's been patched. So the people who have done it legitimately, I take my hat off to you, but I do not have the patience to to become that good at the game. So I'm I'm kind of sad that I'm being sort of gatekept from the or gatekept yeah from the platinum by this one trophy that's holding me hostage. But uh, never mind. It's a really delightful game, and we are streaming it every Thursday. So do come along and and give it a watch. Mm, absolutely. I've also played. Only a couple of games of Warzone, yeah. and at the moment it's sadly a bit unplayable. I don't have the specifics here, but there is a uh, completely overpowered game-breaking gun that's been brought in as part of the update that introduced various elements of Black Ops, so it's a lot of the Black Ops weapons are now in there. And one of them in particular is a, is, is a favourite of a lot of players, And again, I don't know the specifics, but my friend was telling me at least that it's essentially a sniper rifle that fires assault rifle ammo, and it's completely broken, and we dropped in, I think, three times in a row and all ended up dying within five minutes to this gun in each game. So it's I don't know what they're doing, but hopefully they fix that and I'll go back in at some point. But yeah, that's (laughs) that's ruined it. Uh, It's a shame. Yeah, moving on, talking about um, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War specifically, which I did get over Christmas. I played the story of that. I enjoyed it. It plays with that whole sort of 
double agent brainwashing spy stuff that I thought was so compelling about the first Black Ops on mm-hmm. PS3 and Xbox 360 uh, in like, what, 2010, 2011, something like that. Uh, really, really enjoyed uh, the story. Obviously, it's a beautiful game anyway. And um, it actually d- plays with a few different things that Call of Duty's never done before. Uh, it it gives you the choice of optional side missions, but in order to do them properly, you need to pick up the you do need to pick up the intel in other missions, and then you need to solve a puzzle to work out what to do. So you have right. to listen to like audio record. Like I had to look up a guide, honestly, but you have to listen to audio recordings and like mm-hmm. make notes and then compare them to the other evidence you've found and like because it's different for everyone. Like it's a randomly generated uh, oh, answer right. to like unlock a computer and stuff. It's it's. It's interesting. I like it. I like what they did there. There's also a level where you have to, you know, you're not just running from A to B. It's sort of more of a uh, uh, an open environment where you can go around and do optional objectives and stuff, and you're sort of infiltrating a place. It's really cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was, um, thought it was good stuff. And yeah. uh, additionally, I played a lot of zombies, uh, and I've really been enjoying that. I told you yesterday I played until 2 a.m., because it glitched and wouldn't let us exfil, which is a new thing it lets you do in Zombies now. You can, like, uh, call a chopper and escape after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. But it broke, and it wouldn't let us do it. So we just kept going and going and going, and then it was 2 a.m., and I was very tired. But it's really fun. Really enjoy Zombies. Uh, to rattle through the last couple, Spider-Man Remastered. Mm-hmm. What a ridiculously beautiful game that is, Yeah, still. And the load times are ridiculous. It takes about two seconds to get to the main menu and a further two to get into the game. Mm-hmm. It's so insane. And I know this was one of the things that they showed off early in the PS5's sort of announcement about how fast the console is. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Still really enjoy that game. I played through the whole thing uh, and I'm uh, j- just to sort of get myself ready for Mars Morales, which I'm going to start this weekend, finally. Yeah. But it has uh, 60 frames per second ray tracing. And mm-hmm. it's it's just something else to see sort of real-time reflections of Spider-Man swinging past a building. Yeah. Uh, while also seeing the whole of the city reflected as well. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's really impressive. And uh, finally, I played WWE 2K20 last night in advance of today's stream. And it's still absolutely not great. Uh, oh. I did one match. One match to get myself reacquainted with the controls and it was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Eddie Guerrero a great match I'm sure you'll all agree yeah Stone Cold Steve Austin made his entrance on his title card that came up that says his name it it had Stone Cold on one line and Steve Austin on the line underneath but it overlaid the two lines <laughs> so they were on top of each other so it was Steve Austin mm-hmm. and Eddie Guerrero's car that he makes his entrance in just drove right through the stage like at the top of the ramp he drove it into the stage got out of it and as it zoomed out it showed quite clearly that the car was half in the stage (laughs) uh, yeah anyway so it's 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 still good it's still really really good but uh that's what i've been playing wow look at us hey hey look at us 2021 look Look at us who'd have thought not me certainly not me uh well Without further, um, which one should we say? Should we say should we say adieu this time or um... do, yeah, yeah? Let's yeah. adieu, but do the emphasis wrong. So. Uh, okay, yeah. Adieu. Um, without further ado, uh, maybe we should move on to game of the year. That's what we're here for. I suppose we should. Mm. 
It's game of the year time, Peter. It certainly is. Wow, it feels a bit weird to be doing a podcast, but to have a completely different segment to what we normally do. But here we are, we're doing it. Here we are. I can't remember what our running order was like for last year's game of the year. In fact, I could just look at it. I've got the file still, but Mm -hmm. I... Here we are. Anyway, it's game of the year time. We're going to talk about our top five games of the year, as well as the Patreon voted game of the year for 2020. Uh, How this worked briefly uh, was basically I put up a post asking for people to submit their three favorite games of last year. I went through it and made a note about which games were mentioned the most. The top 10 games that were mentioned were then put into a poll. And then people had one vote to vote for their favourite. And here we are with the top five of that. Yeah, very exciting. Are you ready? I am, yeah. Do you want to kick us off with the listener voted number five? Yes, the listener voted number five was actually a tie, which I believe. Wow. I don't uh, believe it. Well, it it's true, let me tell you. Um, a tie between Hades and Somewhat surprisingly, I think, Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Um, Now, of course, lots of people were very excited for Cyberpunk 2077. And uh, lots of people are still very much defending it and saying, hey, it's a real shame what's happening. Um, But, you know, I've had great experiences with this game. And, uh, you know, it's good for me. I had a great time. So I guess that's partly why it's here, despite some of the controversy. Entirely, entirely possible. Mm. You know, we've we've discussed before. It's clear that there's there's a good game in there, mm. but it's just you know the state it was released, especially on consoles, is unacceptable. But yeah. uh, having seen the data, Peter, mm. between the amount of times it was mentioned initially in people's three favorite games versus the amount of votes it ended up getting in the poll. I do wonder if maybe some shenanigans were going on, perhaps, with people who were either protest voting or... Or maybe they just genuinely didn't get a chance to be involved in the in the, initial in the first round, and, mm. and, then they, and then they voted anyway. Either way, though, Hades, also a very, very welcome number five game of the year. I've heard incredible things about Hades. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really excited to play it. I'm not a fan of roguelikes, but that's exactly what I've heard a lot of people who've since fallen in love with it, say, as mm, well. So yeah. I find that quite promising. Um, I am I know it's on Switch, but I'm going to wait to see if it comes or when it comes to PS4 or PS5. And okay. if it doesn't, I'll, I'll hop in on the handheld. But yeah, it, it sounds brilliant, and I'm really glad it's getting some recognition here. Mm, yeah. It's interesting that the number five spot on here is tied from games that neither of us have played. Um, yeah but we'll get to some others very shortly. We've got some thoughts from um, people who... Um, are these are these people who nominated the game initially? Um, yes, yeah, so these are all the thoughts we've got noted down here are from, from the first round of mm. nominations. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we only heard from one person sort of vaguely talking about Hades, mm. uh, and, and the other times it was nominated, nobody nobody talked it up. So we've, we've got one thought about Hades and three thoughts about Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, to start with Hades, then I suppose Redweth, who was actually referring to all nominations, but you know, sort of collectively said uh, these were probably the only games that allowed me to put everything else out of my mind, out of my mind, and focus on finding the fun in single-player experiences. The gameplay in Hades is a joy. Oh, oh there you go. That sounds a delightful. Glowing, glowing review there. 
Absolutely. I'll hop over to our very own James Jenkins, who I just sort of poked and asked him to to fill out the rest of <laughs> Basically, we didn't get many many people talking about Cyberpunk or Hades, yeah. so their nomination presented a bit of a challenge in that we didn't have many uh, listener thoughts, so I got James to write something as well. Of course, well, James has spoken about Cyberpunk extensively here. And before. at least, you know, we've got someone from Triple Jump who has <laughs> played, played this it. and can yeah. give some sort of response. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. He says, for the record, it wouldn't be my top pick for Game of the Year, but despite the flaws, it still delivers a fantastic story with brilliantly well-rounded characters, great gameplay that varies depending on your build, a ridiculously cool setting and superb soundtrack. Its ambition was its downfall, but when things click, it's phenomenal. Man, we should we should hire that guy as a writer. He's we? really good at writing, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just feel like I was really looking forward to that game, and then I didn't get it initially, partly just because of budget. You know, I'd, I'd bought yeah. a bunch of PS5 games already and had plenty to play. But, you mm. know, even finances aside, I had enough to, to go at. Um, and then by the time I'd waited around for the moment where I might have considered buying it, I was like, oh, what's all this that I'm seeing on social media? So mm-hmm. I will play it at some point, and I hope that I'll have a really good time with it. But only Yeah, me too. Only time will tell. Apparently there are rumours that we're looking at sort of June-ish time for the big patches to have come out by. Right. Um, that's like based on Reddit insiders or whatever. Mm-hmm. People saying that they're they're aiming for a No Man's Sky style reversal of fates. So we will see. I can definitely wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. Should we? Uh, should we do one of our own number fives now? Well, we've also got to hear from the Gazor Patron and Ben Hambrook as well. Oh, we have about their yeah, thoughts about we've got Cyberpunk. James at the bottom of the list, and because we'd reached the bottom, I was like, "Well, yeah, there we, just, we go. That's We're it. Done. That's the end. We've that's definitely the end read those other two. Uh, uh, the yeah, Gazor Patron, yeah, Gazor Patron of Cyberpunk. Sure, it's buggy, but in every other aspect, it's amazing. Okay, that's good. Get past the bugs, and then you'll enjoy it. And yeah. uh, Ben Hambrook said, "I know how busted the console versions are at time of writing. On PC, there are a couple of visual flares, but the overall experience and story, world, and gameplay are something you can get lost in easily. And I look forward to keep playing it. So maybe that's the way to play. Just play on PC instead. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the most stable version for sure. Yeah. So there we go. At least uh, the audience have had had a good time with it, and yeah. I'm sure we will eventually." Yes, I'm looking forward to playing it when it's a bit more stable. Yeah, hopefully. We will see. Peter, Mm -hmm. what's your number five? My number five is, um, (laughs) to quote myself, I've just realised, it's a bit of a wild card entry. Okay, okay. Um, In the. uh, Yeah, that's it. Uh, My number five uh, is Dreams. Ooh. Um, So it's. You know, it it's not its own game in in the sense of probably every other game we're going to talk about today. Um, it's it's not got a story. It's not got a protagonist. Well, it's got those those floaty things that I've forgotten the name of. But um, you know, it, it's not got a, a proper lead character and so on. Um, however, I think it's just such a marvelous tool, and I've had so mm. much fun just playing other people's creations. I've still never even bothered trying to make anything in it i've not even opened up the creation suite within the game and maybe one day i will but for now it's still just always there whenever you want to play some just a it's just a, a real revels bag of uh, of games and you never know what you're gonna get and yeah. some of the stuff that's been made in dreams i think is unbelievable i've seen 
remakes of games like there's a Mario 64 one, there's a PT one that are really well done. Um, there are like fan sequels and like you know fan made entries in established series, but there's plenty of unique stuff as well. Also, I guess you've probably seen some of this stuff like people just make 3D art and stuff. I've yeah. I saw one uh, online where someone had just made a full English breakfast on oh, a the plate. Delicious dreams breakfast, yeah, it was amazing. But it's just all shiny. You and can perfect. change all the lighting and stuff on it as well. Yeah, and all you really do is just there. look at the breakfast, but it's just really well done. And then, of course, people aren't making just games or kind of uh, static art like that. They're they're doing proper animations in it too like you know they're, they're doing their own little films and things so yeah um i stuck at number five because i think it's in a in a sense it's in a completely separate league you know it, it's it's not really got the same yardsticks by which to measure it against other things but i i considered not including it at all and just giving it an honorable mention but i thought no it it, it is that good and i was that impressed by it that why shouldn't it be in in the top five just because it's a different game that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be compared or shouldn't be in the running for uh for this so uh, yeah i couldn't not include dreams um amazing i think a very very powerful tool it and, is uh, and especially nowadays in the in the world we live in where we, it's so easy to share thoughts and creations so yeah, yeah brilliant stuff yeah it is amazing and of course it's also home to the quest for cheese of course it is yeah and also uh cecil prump's sheep game Yes, you should definitely look up if you haven't played it. It's amazing, mm. top tier yeah. stuff. Uh, Rory Keeson actually nominated Dreams and right. said, uh, "Dreams for highlighting some true creativity on PS4 plus some great memes." Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole other side of it as well, isn't it? There's some uh, really really good stuff happening on the on the meme front. Some very overwhelming loud noises. <laughs> yeah, stuff. very weird. Yeah, very weird. Um, my number five, Peter. Hmm is Call of Duty Warzone. Okay, yeah, you spent a lot of time in that game this year, haven't you? I, I did, and I think by virtue of, of the amount of time spent in it alone, it gets gets a nomination from me. Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, the best game I played this year, or even the fifth best game I played this year? Arguably not, yeah. by traditional sort of metrics, mm-hmm. but I still spent a lot of time in it, and it brought it brought me and my friends together in a weird, shooty, violent way, like Animal Crossing did for other people. Mm-hmm. You know how everyone went to each other's islands and stuff. Yeah, and they're talking about how Animal Crossing. I mean, we're gonna, we are going to get to that. Believe me, we but are. How a lot of people talk about how Animal Crossing sort of kept them sane, especially during the first lockdown mm. uh, last year. Uh, I'm not saying Call of Duty Warzone kept me sane because I, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to not have to, uh, or at least not not to struggle in the way that a lot of people did. Uh, yeah. with the first lockdown and even now you know as we go into lockdown three uh, but warzone reconnected me with a group of friends that i that i would maybe talk to a couple of times a year if that and we'd maybe grab a drink at christmas and that would be it yeah and now we're playing games with each other and they've they've all got cold war now as well so we've been playing zombies this last week Mm. uh but it's allowed us to reconnect and play games with each other at least once a week and it's been so nice not only to reconnect with these old friends but to to have like a multiplayer 
game that just continues to evolve and and adapt and grow and i know you and i have spoken at length about how those kinds of games with the battle passes and the the sort of live service elements is just not what we want but yeah when it comes to warzone i know i've now bought black ops because of it so maybe it was an effective marketing tool but yeah. uh when it comes to warzone as it's free to play i don't mind ignoring a lot of that stuff you know mm-hmm. all the things that get that pop up all the time like buy the new operator pack and it's like actually i don't think i will yeah uh and it's it's been really good fun and it's just been like you know I'm playing through Spider-Man, or I've just finished Spider-Man, but then I'll get a message saying, hey, anyone want to do some zombies or whatever? And I know that's not Warzone, but similar similar sphere, and it's just sort of like, yeah, actually, I will hop onto this multiplayer game where there's not really any progression, or I don't really feel like I'm accomplishing something. It's just about spending time with people. Yeah. And it's, it's nice. It's really nice. It's violent, and it's not perfect, but I've had so many good times with Call of Duty Warzone over the last year that it is... It's my number five. Lovely. Do you know if anyone else nominated that in the? In they the, did. The a couple of people did. Yeah, I think it made it onto the 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 final poll actually. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if anyone said anything about it. Uh, mm. Warzone specifically, as it was free, says Stukalicious. Uh, <laughs> Richard Major nominated it. No, 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 I went with a couple of games that deserve some love here over the money machine that is Warzone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Callum. Uh, yeah, a few people few people mentioned it. Warzone is a very well-rounded battle royale experience. Ben Hambrook. Uh, so there we go. That's yeah, that's what people had to say about it. But it did get it did make it through to the second round. So a lot of yeah. people did did enjoy it this year. So that very was good. nice. Nice to see. Well, it's time to move on to number four. Yeah, I suppose it is. Would you like to reveal this time number four from I the uh, the patrons? One hop this time. The number four game of the year, vote, as voted by the patrons, is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this is somewhere on your list, but I I might be surprised. Do you, by... you would you would not be surprised. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, I won't go into too much detail about this other than to right. say that, yes, it deserves to be mentioned here at least twice in this episode. And you will get to it. I will get to course. it. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, Rory Keeson says it manages to improve on the original and fleshes out characters in great ways whilst making combat fun and different. Um, and Lim89 says could never get into the PS1 game. I was very much into 9 personally but this one made me care about the characters and world, something the original didn't do so I call that a win. And I think those two quotes for me kind of sum up the appeal of the game for me from from as someone who didn't play the original and mm. has looked at it and known that it's um you know it's a it's a much beloved game from a console that is maybe my favorite console of all time and you know yeah I've still not played it um I I often look at fa- the original Final Fantasy 7 and think I just I just can't get beyond that now like if I played it at the time I'm sure I would have loved it it's not aged very very well visually speaking at least but oh no you know, to it, that's what makes it a prime candidate for um, a remake. You know, of course, there's a big remake and remaster trend at the moment. It's been going on for years at this point. But um, why not make a game? Why not remake a game that is so highly acclaimed and much beloved, but no longer stands up from a visual standpoint? That's that's exactly the kind of game you should be remaking. And to bring it up to date as well by you know uh, altering the combat, so it's not 
really truly turn based anymore, but it's it's got like a sort of slowdown to it, hasn't it? So it's almost like you're you know, you can almost imagine it being turn based because you've got enough time to make those kinds of decisions tactically. Mm-hmm. Um so I still haven't played the the remake, but again, because there's there's been lots to play for me. Um, there always seems to be because I'm I'm always behind. But um, it is it is um, great to know it's there for when I do finally think I should play Final Fantasy VII at long last, and now I can play <laughs> it in beautiful crisp uh, HD or 4K. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe I'll wait until more of it has come out i know that's a long way away probably but uh absolutely you know, i think that's that's part of the problem unfortunately and speaking of which let's get some um let's get some perhaps a slightly different perspective other than than the gushing that i've put into the the document there from francesca who said mm-hmm. as a final fantasy fan an honorable mention is the final fantasy 7 remake as good as it was i wasn't too impressed with the pacing of the story nor the fact that it is one third of a game for 60 pounds yeah, I understand it's a huge game, but as bloated as Red Dead Redemption 2 is, they were able to release that as a whole. The soundtrack is phenomenal, but that is a given from Square Enix. Which is fair enough. That is fair enough. It is one third yeah. of the game, and God knows when we're going to get the next one. And they really did have to pad out the first part. I will talk in due course about why I think they did such a good job with that. But I do I do understand, definitely, that, that viewpoint. When you mention, or when Francesca mentions... The likes of Red Dead, uh, in comparison to yeah, what is a third of a game? It does kind of make you think, man. Yeah, and they were working on it for a long time as well. Oh, but, yes, yes. So, <laughs> how come how come Red Dead Two can come out like that? Uh, you know, so full and packed in. I know, obviously, they crunched like hell, and it was very controversial at the time. But yeah, uh, you know, and how Final can Fantasy that come out? Changed hands as well. The, mm. uh, like they yeah. they completely scrapped what a studio had made that's and, true and started again so i think it was just a just sort of an identity crisis really i mean the final fantasy games have had such a rough go of it the last few ones in terms of you know a straightforward development cycle so yeah we'll see if that changes with 16 and 7 mm-hmm. part 2 but who knows yeah got a couple of other uh other thoughts here james says uh final fantasy 7 leads the way uh, personally, because of the the pure escapism, um, it uh, sorry, I thought it was a full stop there. The pure escapism <laughs> it offered me as a game, uh, I adore from when I was a kid. I completed it twice, platted. It says nice. in brackets. Well done, James. Nice. Uh, and Ian Rogers simply says an updated classic. Oh, it is. It definitely yeah. is. And we'll hear your thoughts later. I'm sure we will. We'll get to them. Well, it's time for my number four. Ooh. Um, this goes out to my my best friend, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, again, we're talking about a game that is is um, like Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's not a huge experience. Uh, you know, it's certainly not the like... It's not comparable to um, the original Marvel Spider-Man game, but... It is its own release, and therefore I think it can, of course, be nominated as a game in mm-hmm. Game of the Year. And I really, really enjoyed that. It was, I think, the first game I played on my PS5. So that probably helped because, you know, I think any any of your, uh, or what am I trying to say, any person's first game on their new console is probably going to have a little extra, you know, sense of, wow, here I am playing, playing this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but I thoroughly enjoyed almost every aspect to it. I think the only thing I didn't like that much is I found Miles a little bit annoying, which is you know <laughs> kind of an issue when it's called Spider-Man yeah. Miles Morales. Was he Cal Kestis annoying, or was he? He know? wasn't quite Cal Kestis annoying. He was. Uh, I think he was a bit unbelievably nice. And, you know, he just wants to help everyone and do the right thing all the time. But you could say the same about Peter Parker. So that alone isn't enough to uh, kind of say, I don't like that. But, you know, I I kind of didn't fi- find him... He didn't seem like a real human being in that sense. But I also just don't really like his voice that much. I think he's got a, a slightly irritating voice. I don't know. I just I didn't really like listening to him. Uh, however, that's probably the only uh, major problem i had with the game of course you're still in new york but i mean you have to be it's spider-man so what they did was they turned everything snowy and wintry so that you at least feel like you're in a new environment and you're not playing through the exact same world as you were in the uh the original mm-hmm. um or the main game i should probably say um but uh that i thought that that alone was uh was actually quite nice just to explore new york in a different season and you know there's like sort of christmas lights around in places and uh it definitely has a different feel to it um i thought the climax was fantastic i won't obviously say too much because you're you're yet to play it yourself yeah um but i think one of the things i actually enjoyed the most was um the fact that i went into this not really knowing anything about um Miles and his whole Spider-Man storyline and his rogues gallery. And I, I didn't know anything about any of those characters. Um, so it's probably the first time in a way that I was able to sit down and play a Spider-Man video game and almost not know who was who and what was going to happen. And so, for example, um, in Marvel Spider-Man, when you when Peter goes to work and he's like, Hey Doc, you're like, okay, well I know what's gonna happen here by before the end of the game. There's probably gonna be some sort of heel turn. Um whereas with Miles Morales, I didn't know who any of these people were. I didn't know people's secret identities versus mm-hmm. their real identities. Um so it kind of kept me guessing and it kept me engaged in that respect in in a way that in fact no other Spider-Man game ever has has been able to do because I've just gone in knowing about these characters. Mm-hmm. Um the swinging is as good as ever. The combat's as as good as ever. In fact, the combat I think was even better than uh, than uh, the the Marvel Spider Man. You've got the the new uh, Venom punches and things. And uh, yeah, I just I couldn't put it down really. I I played it late into the night um, over a, a series of just a few days. Really, I think I got it got it finished in. And um, I'm looking forward to going back and playing it again at some point. I've not gone around and done all the collectibles and things, but um. Yeah, I uh, I had a great time getting to the end of the story, and as I say, the, the, I thought the climax was really good too. The last sort of chapter or so mm-hmm. really, really got me uh, got me engaged. Awesome. So I'm really looking forward to playing it, especially playing through remastered, which I know you did as well. Mm. Uh, well, not remastered, but on on PS4 anyway. And it's, I played it just beforehand. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's getting me excited. You know, I'm I'm ready to go, ready and raring to go. Tomorrow, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start. Miller's Morales. Yes, do it. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I'm sure I will. What's your number four, Ben? My number four is Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Now, this is this was a genuine surprise to me this year. I was not expecting much from this game for many reasons. 
Um, mm. One of them was that we didn't really know a lot about it. Yeah. In that they did a state of play about, what, maybe a month or two before it came out? And it was basically, here's the world, you can follow foxes, and the wind will blow in the direction of objectives. Yeah. And it was like, that's great, but like, why am I here? Yeah, but we've got we've got the famous director mode where you can make everything black and white. And it's like, that's awesome, but like, well, who is this guy and why am I here? Like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. You can cut bamboo. Oh, that's great. That's written, but who am I? <laughs> what am I doing here? And before that, of course, it was just the the sort of vague E3 trailers of, of a, a sword fight with, with Cherry Blossom. Yeah. So that's all we sort of knew. And so my, my hopes weren't massively high, despite the fact that obviously yeah, everyone knew, God, it's a, it's a beautiful game at the very least. And then, and then The Last of Us 2 got delayed again and again. Mm. And they were releasing a month apart. And I think myself and a lot of other people thought at that time, well, why don't they just push Ghost of Tsushima as well? We don't know when the PS5 is coming out, but it you know that might be why they're not pushing it because they don't want it too close to the next console launch. But surely having such big games one month apart is only going to hurt the second one, right? Yeah. And then it really didn't hurt it at all. And I don't know if it was just because after the sort of chaos that ensued in the wake of The Last of Us Part Two coming out on the internet, that this was sort of a, a unifying game for a lot of people where it was like we can all stand here yeah. both terrible people and nice people and say the ghost of Tsushima is a good game and we enjoy it but it was really really good genuinely I, I enjoyed it so much and I got so much playtime out of it as well obviously I ended up platinuming it and talked about it extensively on this podcast but it was just a gorgeous game I found the the story to be way more compelling than I was expecting I really enjoyed that. Mm. And for me, because I haven't played like a proper open world game like that for a long time, because it's very Ubisoft-esque in a lot of its design choices. Yeah, But it does them in unique and interesting ways. The game is always funneling you towards something. And the map is never covered in a million map markers as well, which is so refreshing. So... You know, I, I've i spoken about how much I dislike Ubisoft open world games, and I did get Assassin's Creed Valhalla for Christmas, so I will try it at some point, and I'm genuinely looking forward to giving it a go. Hmm. Uh, but based on what you've said and what other people have said, I don't hold out much hope of actually perhaps getting through the whole thing, but I will no. give it a try. And um, it just felt like this was sort of an Assassin's Creed game if it were done really, really well. And... We've got some listener thoughts here as well, and some. And I, I want to echo uh, what what someone says in a second, which uh, or will say in a second, which is that I feel like the critics didn't really give this game the time of day, and that mm. kind of makes me a bit sad because while it didn't review poorly, I think the public reaction to this game was significantly warmer than the critical reception, and it run. It's had a patch that so runs way better on PS5. The loading times were already obscenely fast on PS4, so much so that they I think they had to extend them a bit just so people had enough time to read the <laughs> like the the menu, the loading screen prompts and stuff. No one had enough mm. time to read them. But uh yeah, really really good game. Really enjoyed it and I I have no doubt that we'll get a a second Ghost of Tsushima game and uh, fingers crossed it will be just as good, but I loved it. It was really really good. Yeah. I was uh, pleased that it it was 
so well received and it is a beautiful game like you know from from what i've seen of it it's, it's just every every single photo mode screenshot i have seen is just stunning in yeah. every way yeah it's really good really good game ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Uh, well, we're moving on to number three now. Yeah. Um, so the the third uh, game of the year as voted for by our patrons is, yes, it's time, Animal Crossing. New Horizons. Hooray! Hooray. The what game a that, lovely game. It saved a lot of people during lockdown from feeling sad and lonely and not being able to kind of stay in touch with people. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure we're about to hear in some of the uh, responses, such as Ross Bramble, who said, Saved us all during lockdown. It's uh, any other Animal Crossing game with less stuff in it so they can pad out DLC updates for two years, but 2020 would have been a lot harder without it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will Howe says, Even if Tom Nook is off the Christmas card list this year for his capitalistic ways, it was just what was needed in this hellhole of a year. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely the thing that I think everyone thinks of immediately when they think of Animal Crossing New Horizons and oh yeah that came out in 2020 oh yeah thank god it did you know it it came out just at the right time mm-hmm. um and it was around the time as well that we were hearing from a lot of studios and publishers that oh our game has been delayed um or this thing that you know we were going to bring out in in the spring is now coming out in the winter or whatever and i think that was kind of the first game to release amidst the you know the the point where where the world looked like it was definitely going to change for at least for the time being mm-hmm. it was like hey here's a new game don't worry we got you you know yeah absolutely it's it honestly str- i it failed to hold my attention animal crossing mm-hmm. horizons i've never played an animal crossing game before i understand the appeal and i am so glad it's what a lot of people needed this year 
and yeah. it's it's definitely my my thoughts on the game aren't you know say someone really enjoying death stranding and me thinking what is wrong with you it's more a case of i'm really glad you like it it's not really mm. for me but it's 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 such a lovely delightful game once i'd finished sort of creating my island as i desired i sort of lost interest uh, in it yeah. and, you know none of the updates since have brought me back but it was um genuinely really lovely to see the internet so involved in that game especially initially i know a lot of people are still playing it obviously uh, but yeah, just just a a real a real game changer in 2020. Just one of those games that just comes along uh, at just the right time. And mm. obviously the whole the whole crossover with Doom and stuff was delightful <laughs> when that was happening. And yeah, just uh, just just a lovely game. Just really lovely. No violence in there at all. I feel the same in that it's also not for me, but I could very much appreciate what people were getting out of it mm-hmm. and um you know i've i'm friends with people on twitter who uh are just my girlfriend's friends and now i've kind of added them and stuff and they're all really into it and when i see them like posting pictures of their islands and just talking about like oh tom nook did this today and you know that they've got their own little little community going together and it is really nice to see or it was especially nice to see um when the game first came out and we all needed a bit of light and that's where some people got their light from uh, from playing that game yeah absolutely i'd be streaming and people would be asking i don't know if you got the same thing but people would be asking if they could post their island code because they had a particularly yeah. good price for turnips mm-hmm. uh, yeah that whole economic study was quite interesting to watch unfold as well uh, yeah, yeah. Just I think Nintendo just <clears throat> excuse me, Nintendo just absolutely smashed it with that one, and mm. uh, it sold obscenely well, yeah. really, really well. So there you go. Mm. I'm sure we will we will continue to get Animal Crossing content for for years to come. We will, I'm sure. We've got a couple more thoughts. I don't know if you want to read those ones out. Sure. Kathleen Collier says, This game got me through this, uh, this year and all the challenges it has had. It, it, it's it been a literal lifesaver at one point when my mental health was at the worst. And Connor Mountford says, Gotta throw in Animal Crossing purely because it helped keep me sane over the first lockdown. Everyone, it's a, it's a unanimous, yes. it's kind of a unanimous thoughts, really. Everyone's saying the same thing, and, you know, fair enough, rightly so, I suppose. Absolutely. There were, we've tried to limit it to four four thoughts per yeah. per listener game, but a lot of people said the, exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just a very important game that came along at the right time. Well done, Animal yeah. Crossing. Well done, Animal Crossing. There's another game I want to say well done to, Ben, is oh, my yeah. number three. Yeah. Um, this one might surprise some people. I think others won't be surprised because I was kind of saying at the time as I was playing it, I think this is going to be one of my games of the year. It's Astro's Playroom, everybody. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so this is actually yet again, I've realized, another small gaming experience. But hey, I'm Tiny Peter. I have to take things in small bites. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry. My, my, last two, my last two games are big, proper, full-size games. So we will get to those. <laughs> but... Um, I hesitated as to whether to truly include this yet again, um, but I had such fun with this game, and I think that at least within its own, uh, with in terms of what it set out to do, I think within those metrics, it's essentially a perfect game. 
Um, right. You know, I'm not saying it's actually an objectively 100% best game ever in the entire gaming sphere, but you can imagine them uh, in a in a sort of creative meeting, setting out some objectives. What are we trying to achieve here? Writing some stuff on a board, ticking them off as you know through through the development process. And I really think they did everything they were trying to do mm-hmm. and did it exceptionally well. Um, aside from it being charming and pretty and adorable in the same way that uh Sackboy um is proving to be having played it for a couple of hours with you yesterday on stream um you know you have to talk about the PlayStation references and the fact that it was a celebration of everything that PlayStation has done over the past goodness knows how many years over over 20 years 25 years something like that yeah 90, 94 93 something like that yeah um so there were, of course, all the all the little kind of reenactments of scenes going on as you explored the world. And I really liked, actually, how they um, peppered them through in a mixed way. So there were different worlds to explore in that game themed essentially around different consoles in that the relics that you would collect along the way would all be peripherals and bits of hardware associated with a certain generation of PlayStation uh, of PlayStation consoles, so one world would have all PS1, you know, like multi-tap and controller and so on, and then the final screen you would go and, and, and find a big PS1. But they didn't just put PS1 games all the way throughout that world being reenacted by the little bots. You know, they kept it kept it varied, and I thought that was good actually because when I got to the PS3 world, I probably would have been a little bit to a certain extent a little bit like baffled by by all the stuff if it had all been ps3 games now admittedly i've played some of them uh, that eventually came out on ps4 or you know have been remastered or whatever um but you know i thought that was just a nice little touch to keep it um to to have some appeal in there for people who maybe have missed one of the consoles like me um because i had a 360 uh but uh i think even putting aside all that though um, and the amazing boss, which is like quite a deep, a deep cut into the, uh, you know, the PlayStation history. Having the well, spoilers. Having that boss, I will still, I'll keep it spoiler free for people who haven't experienced that. But it was a, it was a great boss fight. Um, but yeah, putting aside all the PlayStation references, I actually think it just plays really well as a platformer. I think that's as much as anything else uh, what I enjoyed about it. You know, I'm a big fan of 3D platformers and, and mascot style, colorful, cartoony things and i really liked all the sort of tugging mechanics of course and, you did uh, you filthy of course I, oh, <laughs> I loved it excellent stuff um and when you sort of get zipped up into those different suits and they give you different abilities and i think overall more than anything else that i took away from it um i love i love the new controller i love the dual sense controller and the way that that game showed it off now of course in a sense that's more of a controller of the year applause to sony in general rather than you know it's not astro didn't design the controller right but uh well i don't know that he i mean he lives inside your ps5 maybe he did um but to to sit and play through a game that utilized it in such a an incredible way it almost i think i said this at the time when we talked when I, i talked about it on the podcast that it was almost kind of not augmented reality but it just added a little extra dimension you know it was like i wasn't playing a a game sitting on my sofa watching a 2d 
image of it on my screen. And yeah, I wasn't quite playing it in 3D with a VR headset on, but I was, I was almost somewhere in between because you can feel the springs in your hand as you squeeze down on your triggers and you could hear the sound of the rain almost landing on your head, even though it's just playing out of a speaker on your controller. And I, I just, there was something about that controller and how it... Um, really added something to the gameplay experience that meant that I couldn't I couldn't not include Astro and actually I had more fun with that game than I did with Miles Morales which was a lot to start with so uh, Astro is my number three well, I'm really glad to hear that a lot of people had nice things to say about Astro as well and I'll read I'll read those shortly but uh, yeah yeah the fact it was free as well I think is, well, yeah, is such a well. such a tick in its favor and that PS3 zone that, that maybe didn't quite hit home the way the other ones did for you oh, that was my jam i loved yeah it. loved going through and seeing all the weird ps3 peripherals the the blooming the, the relics was so good but the bloody uh psp accessories as well with the gps yeah. tracker and the camera i was like i remember that it's amazing we've talked about it obviously at, at length before but i'll say it again that it's just nice to finally for for PlayStation to be at a point where they can look back at everything they've done with reverence, even yeah. even the wonky stuff, and they kind of know that it's a bit wonky, but people still remember it, you know, and it's mm. important to a lot of people, whereas up until now it's sort of been... I mean, I can't really point to an example outside of Astro where they've behaved like this. Everywhere else, yeah. and before Astro it was sort of a case of we're the big boy market leader. We've got to be very serious about our games. Come and play our very serious games for adults. Mm. Don't talk about... Crash Bandicoot, who's that? Ellie's going to stab someone in the neck now. We're the serious yeah. place for... Ser- and, but being able to sort of look at yourself, even though Astro doesn't take the piss out of itself, it does look back with mirth and sort of pokes mm. fun at various points. And I think it's so nice to see that. And I know, you know, it's a, it's a billion dollar faceless corporation or whatever and yeah. stuff but it doesn't mean that the mem- they haven't created memories over the years that a lot of us are nostalgic for and uh, and it was it was so nice to see that you know represented in Astro's playroom I think that's what uh made me enjoy that final boss fight even more is that I uh when I for example when I played the reignited trilogy I was worried that uh, oh, sorry. When it, when they advertised the reignited trilogy, they really heavily focused on the Spyro One stuff, and I was like, "Oh man, that's that's really good to see." I was worried that that being the oldest game and maybe the game that the fewest number of people at Toys for Bob might have played, that they would kind of lean more into Spyro Two and Three, the slightly more contemporary of the three, and just sort of quickly get through Spyro One sort of thing. And I kind of felt the same thing with um, Astro's Playroom in that I was worried that they really kind of just show off PS4 and PS3 stuff more than than the rest. And then for that final boss to be that final boss, I I was shaking my head, I think, and just I was I was gobsmacked. I was like, what a what a strange thing to choose and what a brilliant <laughs> thing to choose. Yeah. I just didn't I didn't see it coming at all. Um so yeah, to have that true celebration of as you say every aspect and you know the the full tenure and even the wonky stuff and even the really old archaic stuff that maybe doesn't that looks a bit weird today you know it was really nice yeah it was um, uh, francesca said astro's playroom need i say more 
Mm. Bill Beasley said, uh, Astro's Playroom managed to embrace the legacy of Sony's consoles, uh, consoles while also creating a really fun platforming game which showcases the capabilities of the DualSense controller. I spent my first day of PS5 ownership playing it non-stop to get the Platinum Trophy and loved it. Richard Major says it was the it was the year of new consoles and nothing showed off the best thing about the new generation. Of course, the DualSense better than Astro. Mm-hmm. And there we are. That's what the that's what the listeners had to say of Astro's Playroom. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, what's your number three, Ben? My number three is Demon Souls. Oh, only number three. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Getting serious about this. It's a perfect remake. It's it is the perfect remake, honestly. Mm-hmm. I loved the original Demon Souls. It obviously, like for a lot of people, kickstarted my enjoyment of Soulsborne games in general. And when I first played it, I was terrible at it and didn't really understand it, and I shelved it. And it took one of my friends sort of dragging me through it in 2012-ish, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me to fully appreciate it. And then, you know, I played it the month before the servers were switched off in twenty, the very beginning of 2018 and at the end of oh. 2017. And I played it a few times in between there as well, playing it through co-op with friends and stuff. And to get a remake of this game, which is such an important game, and for it to be locked away on PS3 with the servers turned off is such a travesty when it's part of such a big franchise or sort of the spiritual, yeah. you know... Um, predecessor to a to a huge franchise. It was so nice to have that game be confirmed after it was rumored for so long, and it was just—it's just so good. It's such a beautiful game, anyway. Blue Point have done an incredible job of you know bringing it to into twenty twenty, and it was still it was still it still felt the same to play there's loads of new animations and quality of life tweaks that you know a remake should do lots of things changed a couple of things introduced that i think were all welcome um there there are you know a couple of small issues with it here and there but i think on the whole they just absolutely knocked this out of the park it was such a joy experiencing again it was so nice being able to stream it and being able to play online without there being this huge weird archaic hassle of randomly putting down a summon sign and hoping your friend saw it before other people did um yeah it was great like really really good i don't know i don't really know what more i can say without you know just repeating ground that i've said time and time again or or at least Mm. you know in the quip scope that we did on it and stuff but i'm just i was so impressed by this game i played so much of it platinumed it in four days uh, you know, a, a few weeks later, ended up doing the doing the the mystery coin thing to go through oh, yeah. the the, su- the super secret door and get the 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 set of armor that they put in there and stuff. And uh, I don't think I'm ever going to uninstall it from my console because I don't think I will ever be able to accurately predict when I will next return to it because mm-hmm. it could be at any moment. You know, that any time a friend messages me saying oh, I'm stuck on this bit, I I boot it up immediately. Because I just yeah. love playing it, and I just now I need an excuse to play it. Because having played it through a few times, both on stream and also with my main character and for the platinum and stuff across a few different characters, it's time for me to sort of walk away from it again. But I think Blue Point have proven, again as we've discussed before, uh, that they have the chops to either develop a full sequel to this game if they wanted to, 
Yeah. Or to finally do the very, 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 very long rumoured DLC of the archstone that was cut from the original game, which is still present in this game as an archstone that's destroyed that you can't use. And Mm -hmm. I hope that they do it. I, I think, you know, maybe for... Out of out of creative respect for From Software, maybe they're a bit hesitant about touching it. But if they get the blessing of Miyazaki and Co, then I really do hope that they give it a try. And if it goes well, then yes, I would like more Demon Souls, please. And mm. uh, it did get mentioned by uh, by a few people, but it didn't make it through to the second round. I'm assuming that's largely because a it's a Soulsborne game, so it's not for everyone, and b it's a PS5 exclusive, and there's a good chance that maybe you know a lot of people haven't got ps5s uh, yeah so that's that's the problem there but yeah really just a brilliant game and and i'm so i'm so happy it exists and it gives me renewed faith in seeing more demon souls games potentially on playstation in the future excellent wow well it's time for number two now mm-hmm. uh i think it's your turn to drop the bomb the bomb that I sort of already spoiled earlier by saying that well, we're yeah. going to refer to someone later, but I, I totally I didn't even think about it at the time. The listener number two is Ghost of Tsushima. There it is. The number two game of the year. Mm. It's pretty incredible stuff. Ian Rogers said, Criminally underrated by critics, this game excels in visuals, gameplay and story and showed us what the PS4 could do at its peak. Daniel Neal says, The story is engaging and compelling on both a grand and personal level as you as your own task to save your uncle ties into the fate of the island. Hmm, yeah. Friendly Lewis says, If not for the simple fact that NPCs follow you at the same speed and you don't have to dismount your horse to pick up... I... What? <laughs> That's not a sentence. If not for the if... simple fact that... Yeah, I think, the, I think I copied and pasted half a sentence here. So, it, you know, it... Uh, let, me, let me try and I'm work out what I'm going to choose begin- Ghost of Tsushima, if not for the simple fact... I see. If not for the simple fact that NPCs follow you at the same speed and you don't have to dismount your horse to pick up items. Convenience. Mm-hmm. There we go. Those are the reasons are the that Friendly reasons. Lewis chose it. Uh, and Connor Mountford. For me, it's Ghost of Tsushima. It's been a long time since I was dragged in by a game's story. Hmm. Very good. So we've had your you know, your thoughts already yep. on Ghost of Tsushima. I haven't played it. I've said before, I'm you know, I kind of struggle to I kind of had this chip on my shoulder because when I was at school, um loads of kids were really into um kind of ninja stuff and samurais and martial arts and at the same it kind of there was a division in the school as to some some kids were like into that and then other kids were into other stuff right. um, there was just the and, ninja fans group yeah there was like the the ninjas and samurai like kids in primary school playing that in the playground and then like others would be playing you know i don't know ancient egyptians or p- pirates or some other part of <laughs> world history i don't even know what we were playing yeah. but and Accounting. since then I've yeah I've I've um I've I've not been like particularly um kind of uh, captured by that kind of realm of um pop culture and and fiction and stuff. It's not that I think I would like not enjoy it, but it's not the kind of thing that I go, "Oh, I must go out and buy that right now and play it." So, you know, again, it's it's something that I know that if I gave it a go eventually I I would definitely uh, have fun, and I definitely believe everyone when they uh, say that it's an excellent game. But uh, I, I I can't add anything to the thoughts because I've not played it 
for that strange reason that goes back to my childhood because you might get bullied by the by the accounting fans yeah yeah all the pirates kids might make me walk the plank or something oh, man so. that is a real risk mm, yeah um so i guess we're we're moving on to mine from there yeah you're um, number two so my number two it's time for a big game at long last mm. um i I, I wondered whether I should put this at number one, but I, I couldn't not. Like my, my number one has to be number one ultimately. Okay. So my number two here is Crash Bandicoot Four. Ooh, it's about time. It's about time. It's about time. I really, really enjoyed this game. Now, of course, I'm a Crash fan. It's certainly not going to be for everyone. Um, I understand that in the same way that you know you, you really enjoyed your Dark Souls and you understand that Soulsborne is uh, to an extent. It's a kind of niche genre Mm -hmm. or it's not mass appeal um crash bandicoot 4 not only is it a crash game in its style in terms of being a a platformer it's also very hard it's like a lot harder i think than previous crash games (laughs) um but that's kind of the only thing that i didn't really enjoy about it was the the difficulty and that's not something i consistently uh dislike throughout the game there were just moments where i'd be like oh man this this was really difficult um but you know out, outside of the difficulty it's just everything i really wanted from a true crash bandicoot sequel um since the i mean of course we've had crash bandicoot sequels since the original trilogy but those weren't as as good and they weren't what i wanted whereas here we have a game with um like extra playable characters which have been really well designed um it had a a narrative unlike any other game in the or certainly the original unlike the original games um it you know actually had stakes in it really more than just hey collect the crystals otherwise this comic book villain is going to uh you know take over the world i thought the soundtrack actually was one of the best things about that game i it's up there with one of my favorite video game soundtracks of all time. I think, like, from the moment you boot the game up, like, the front menu theme is just... It's 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 my jam, as they say. <laughs> yes. It's my marmalade. They do say that. I can't, they do say it. Um, and I would argue that it also features my favorite Crash Bandicoot level ever made, which is the, uh, the sort of rhythm action um, Mardi Gras level in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, it's it's got great music to it. It's got really cleverly designed hazards and stuff, and it's just a visual spectacle. It kind of it really encompasses what the entire game is for me. I think it's it looks great, it sounds great, it plays great a lot of the time. Yes, there's the difficulty, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, if anything, that just gives you gives you more to more to play and more uh more time spent on this game and i don't think at any point i got bored or frustrated and felt like oh, i don't want to play this anymore i'm going to turn it off because you know i'm stuck um you know i think there was there was fan service there and and they were trying to um put something in there to challenge even long-time crash players they didn't want people to sit down and just blitz through this thing and be like okay that was fun but man you know i guess i'm just too good at these now yeah so uh i think there was something for everyone really and uh yeah, I, c- I couldn't get enough of that. And again, it is it is a game I will be going back to play again and again and again, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched yeah. uh, Kadikaris' video essay on it 
about him collecting everything because you collected everything as well right no no i didn't not no absolutely not it It, seemed to nearly drive him insane yeah i think people who do that i think he called that video uh i i completed the worst crash game to complete yes yeah because it is that it it's it it's if you want to complete it it's almost in that respect that's where the difficulty makes it not a bad game but not it's not a fun game i think i think there will be some people out there who are huge crash fans and crash 4 fans who have 100 106%ed this game over and over i've seen screenshots on twitter where the three save slots that you can get are all labeled 106% and people are like just just finish this game for the third time and i'm like what on earth what kind of machine are you <laughs> like how can you get any enjoyment out of that but mm. yeah i think for the for the average player it's probably it it's not fun to try and max it out but i i didn't try and do that and i'm not going to make myself do that and <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed almost every moment of it because i chose not to that's good that's so, a sensible yeah. approach. Uh, Callum's story had to say of Crash 4, despite being utterly painful at its worst, it shines as a wonderful sequel at its best. Just a shame they made it so blooming hard. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I do wonder if the next one, if they do another one, will be a bit easier. Yeah, you would hope, perhaps, right? I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's the one takeaway that they've got to think about mm. from this. And Ross Bramble said, completely biased with this one because I've waited 20 years for a new crash entry that didn't make me weep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. And, uh, you know, they've done it. They've actually done it. Yeah. And just the throwbacks and stuff, you know, because of the time trial aspect, uh, sorry, the time travel aspect, they actually went back to some original Crash Bandicoot 1 kind of... um, story points mm-hmm. and uh they had those vhs tapes i've told you about as well where it's yes. like yeah. they were recorded at the time of crash one really clever stuff uh, but i could go on and on about it and i won't do it. it's time for your number two my number two peter i'm gonna i think if i'm judging this right mm-hmm. kick into conversation a sort of a back-to-back-to-back discussion about this game right yeah my number two is the last of us part two Ooh, your number two. I'm trying to think what your number one's going to be now because I thought it would either be The Last of Us or mm. um, Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Oh, so you, don't worry. There must be something I've forgotten. It won't be a surprise. <laughs> You've definitely forgotten. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, mine is The Last of Us Part Two. I, I, I will talk about why I put my number one at number one and this at number two when I get to my mm-hmm. number one. But obviously, it was it was a little more difficult to rank for me my number one and number two slot but i think i had to go i had to go with my heart in the end and put the game mm-hmm. that meant the most to me at number one uh, right but anyway my number two is the last of us part two the listener number one is the last of us part two peter what's your number one my number one is the last of us Part oh my two. goodness so let's collectively as a three, <laughs> yes. including, the audience, including the audience, talk about our Last of Us Part Two's thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, I've got a few notes here. Uh, so my number mm-hmm. two, The Last of Us Part Two. I, I think it's one of the most exhausting, beautiful and, and brutal pieces of fiction I have ever experienced in, in any medium. And mm-hmm. it's not perfect, but 
God, it's just, it's so special and so worth experiencing if you think you're up for it, you know, because not only yeah. is it utterly harrowing from a God human beings can be horrible perspective, but it's also, and I'm talking about the game currently, uh, but it's, <laughs> but it's also really scary as well. So it's, you know, you've got to, you want to balance the two, the two, was it knives or swords of Damocles dangling yeah. over you? Both are going to hit you, so you've got to decide if you're up for that. And it's definitely, definitely not going to be for everyone. But I think it's just such an important game. And Mm. I was so hooked. And I do think it went on a bit long. And I, I think it could have ended a lot sooner. And it had like six different times where I thought it was over and it kept going. Secretly, I was a bit thrilled, actually, that it kept going because I enjoyed Mm -hmm. that. But there was definitely, you know, the the halfway, let's just say the halfway point. I was sort of a bit perturbed by the fact that, again, without going into details, basically my I had to start upgrading my weapons and, and skills from scratch again because I felt like... From, yeah. a, from sort of a, a flow and progression standpoint in that game, I felt like, oh, God, really? It feels like I'm starting all over again now. And mm. that honestly took the wind out of my sails a little bit. I appreciate what they were doing. And ultimately, I think it paid off in a big way. But at the time, I felt a bit deflated by that. And um, it was just like, it's it's not a unique... Uh, it's difficult to discuss this without mentioning specifics. It's not its not a unique angle to come at this sort of uh, protagonist versus antagonist uh, situation yeah. where you get to, mm-hmm. let's say, view alternate side, you know, alternate perspectives. Mm, yeah. But to actively be thrust into it in the way that you were in this game and the way that they handled it, you know, just one example being the dogs that have names. And let's mm. say you pet a dog and then in another scene as another character you kill that dog without even thinking it's of any significance earlier on yeah and you can hear people reacting and calling out its name in 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 distress that the dog has been killed and it's like oh my god this is awful i feel awful naughty dog are obviously an incredibly i thought that was a full stop there naughty Naughty dog. dog full stop dead dog pause for breath uh, they're, they're obviously an incredible studio, but they really have gone. I think they continue to push the bar, not only in terms of how to make the player feel bloody terrible about everything yeah. they're doing, but also the way that games can be interactive, you know, as sort of methods of storytelling. There are so many things they do in that game that I have not seen done in other games, little things that honestly a mainly position to make you feel terrible about what you're doing but it's also like oh my god that has real significance and i've never felt this way before in another game mm-hmm. it was really special i will finish up by saying that it did obviously really bring to light the sort of blind toxicity that exists within gaming as a whole yeah when you say that human beings are terrible now we're now we're to... talking about actual human you know real human beings it's okay to not yeah. like this game right for a multitude yeah, of reasons of uh, but the the sort of the harmful vitriol that was being spilled at the time was so unnecessary and such an overreaction that i'm really glad that now at the at the end of 2021 and leading into sorry at the end of 2020 and leading into 2021 we're at the point where rational voices can sort of appreciate the game for what it is 
without mm. people yelling at you. Because I remember at the time when it came out, you know, we had people, we had podcast questions, people saying things like, God, there seems to be a real uh, real split between fan reception and critical reception. It's like, that's really sad that that's what the message is that's getting out to the sort of general yeah. public, because that's not the case at all. And I think now, mm. as I said, we're at the end of 2020. We can look back and and or we can look just around and see this game winning game of the year awards from everywhere and i think it's you know case proven that actually the people that were furious about this game either didn't play it or they were very much the minority and as i said it's okay to dislike a game that's absolutely fine but i think as we've discussed as ad nauseum the reasons for people hating this game yeah. didn't line up with really grounded you know, critiques of what it was doing. But The Last of Us Part Two, a phenomenal experience. Not one I'm keen to revisit anytime soon <laughs> because it was a, it took a lot out of me and I imagine I will play it through again at some point. But for now, I'm happy to just sort of leave it be because it really, it was just devastating, that game. Every, yeah. every turn you took, it just took an opportunity to punch you in the face and uh, there's nothing, nothing quite like it. You're right. That's, that's certainly that. Yeah, there's definitely nothing like it, really. Um, if we if we quickly just officially say we're now on number ones, mm-hmm. and hey, surprise, the patrons voted for The Last of Us Part Two as number one. Now we can start giving their quotes. So. Yes. Uh, Jonesy said, quite simply, a beautiful game for many reasons. Love the narrative. It's up there with my all-time favorite games. Uh, And Will Howe said, they managed to improve on the gameplay from the first in every aspect. Every single shot you fired or took felt visceral and immersive. And the story was chef kiss. Chef kiss kiss. Chef kiss kiss. Um, It's also my number one. Maybe we can pepper pepper through some of those other thoughts if I give some thoughts now absolutely um i completely agree with you uh with regards to let's say the the turning point at the midpoint of the game Mm. i you that that moment happens at a very climactic point so that the first half of the game reaches a climax and then there's a sudden shift uh to something else entirely and you're left on a cliffhanger and at that point i thought Oh man, this new perspective, like how long how long am I going to be doing this? I want to get back to that scene and see what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the only problem with it for me. I didn't even necessarily well, I suppose I I don't really like having to like sort of grind again and start unlocking abilities and, you know, as you said, like doing that all starting starting over um in that respect. Like that's that's not super fun, but the the bigger issue for me was having been left on that cliffhanger and wanting to get back to that point to find out what happens because that's the point of a cliffhanger that's that's you know i'm sure that's what they were hoping for in a certain sense but they probably weren't hoping uh naughty dog i'm talking about here for me to almost be rushing through uh from that midpoint to get back to that cliffhanger mm-hmm. now i'm not saying that i was like skipping stuff out that i wouldn't have done normally i still explored every room i could find and i still you know did 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 all that i could and played the game in full um 
but I still, you know, when it would like roll around to another mission and another mission, and then it seems like they're about to go and do the climax thing, and then it's like, oh wait, actually, let's go like somewhere completely different, and then go and do this thing first because we need to speak to this person. Then I would be like, it would almost make me feel like, oh please, I just, I just wanna, I just wanna see what happens. But um, yeah. On the other hand, I think that's something that. Uh, uh, who was it who just said it uh, Will How I think touches on something that actually doesn't always get mentioned when people are discussing The Last of Us Part 2 which is I think the gameplay was massively improved on from the first yeah. I think it's so easy to um, start talking about the narrative or the controversy around the game's release um, all the characters and so on and, and the brutality of the whole thing you can almost forget about the fact that it plays fantastically that game. It's really super fun. I love the 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 plastic bottle silences on your guns. Yeah. I did so much stealth in that game. So much sneaking through the grass. Um, you know, and you've got your your shivs and things like that. Um, and you're right, like just the the very believable way that um your enemies are presented with names and the way they call out to each other when, you know, if you take someone out silently and their friend is like on patrol, and they'll go, "Hang on, where's has anyone seen Steve? Where's oh, no. Steve? <laughs> Steve's been gone for ages." Steve. Yeah, um, so it felt, it just felt believable, despite the fact that it's set in a world where there are mushroom zombies running around trying to bite you. Yeah. You know, there's something about it. it's just so gritty, and yeah, it takes it out of you. It's brutal. It was harrowing, and I felt racked by the end of it with just exhaustion and nervous energy and you know it it's it's bleak but at the same time it it's exactly what i hoped for and more i was worried that naughty dog wouldn't be able to you know that lightning doesn't strike the same place twice and that it would just never be what it uh, you know what, what the original game had been but i really thought in a different way that uh it was again i think they i'd like to think they set out to do uh, they 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 managed to do what they set out to do i think they ticked the boxes that they had in their mind mm-hmm. um and those multiple endings you know i thought there was a really interesting aspect to that where, where um again trying to be spoiler free you reach a point in it feels like um it feels like an epilogue but as it turns out it's not because something happens after that mm-hmm. but it looks like you know, um, some people are going to walk off into the sunset and live happily ever after in a very idyllic setting. Um, and then there's a moment in that where suddenly it's like, oh no, by the way, you know all that horrible stuff that happened throughout your life? Yeah, it's still really badly affecting you and like you can't just live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I thought that scene, if you even understand what I'm talking yeah, about here, yeah. was incredible. I'll say in the barn. I don't think that's too, yeah, too spoilery. Absolutely. Something Something happens in a barn and that I thought was an incredibly powerful scene, actually, mm-hmm. um, and it 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 makes sense. You know, we've had video game protagonists go through stuff, and then they just get to the post credit scene, and they're sitting on the sofa watching telly, and they're really happy. Nathan that's Drake probably not next how it to would his go. Wife, you know, having yeah. a Crash Bandicoot, having murdered thousands of people. Exactly. That's probably not how it would go in real life. And I thought every aspect of that game's story um was yeah brutal and harrowing and horrible mm-hmm. but in a believable and and accurate way and the way that it should have been done if they were trying to make a game um that 
you know, push some boundaries, I guess. Yeah. And that's certainly what they managed to do, yeah. if nothing else. They definitely did. Yeah. It, it was, it, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said there. I think it's it's just such a, it's such a powerful game. And, uh, you know, it did, my thumbs were so sore after playing it because on this and again at the turning point at the halfway it just it just reached this stage where i was like i am going into every single room and instead of looking around and taking it in i am running along the edge of every surface mm. mashing triangle to pick up crafting equipment because i don't want to miss anything yeah and it was my own fault but it sort of it does sort of encourage you to do that and i just i found it such an exhausting way to play the game uh and and again you know as soon as we hit the halfway point and then you you sort of start over it's like oh god's sake now i've got to do it as this character as well yeah and it was yeah it was it it hurt my fingers and and i did Mm -hmm. that definitely added to a sense of sort of like okay i'm ready for this game to get on with it now i think it could have quite easily been 20 hours instead of 30 hours and i would have been perfectly happy with that but you know as it stands i'm everything that's in there i'm glad it's in there because it it all serves a purpose in the end yeah yeah definitely um and i, I will just say actually with the sort of quote-unquote multiple endings as much as i was sort of confused and you know kind of thinking is it over yet is it is, you know, it's a real lord of the rings experience mm-hmm. I was pleased. I, I, you know, every moment that that game continued, I was glad. I, I had no issues with the length of that game. I could have just played it forever, as harrowing as it yeah. was and exhausting as it was. I, I didn't want it no, to end. Neither did I. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the only, the only kind of moment where I thought, oh, do I still, do I still want this? Was at that turning point in the in the mid, you know, mid game where yeah. you know you kind of think, where's this going? But uh, ultimately, once you get to the end of it, I think. You no longer feel that way in in retrospect, and I think if I played it again, knowing what was happening and what's to come, I would probably appreciate it even more. In fact, mm-hmm. that that midpoint of the game, yeah, yeah, I I think that's that's something I'm looking forward to when I play through it again is playing through it, knowing that's coming, and mm. and being able to appreciate the things that happen leading up to it a bit more. You know, a la yeah. the killing of dogs that are, you know they are trying to kill you, so that it is mm. you do sort of have to defend yourself. But they, it does have extra weight with the added perspective um, yeah. coming back into it. But uh, one thing that I really liked that actually they didn't do too much of later on was the sort of the some of the earlier puzzle stuff, especially involving throwing around the the cables, the power cables. Oh, yeah. I thought that was so clever how they did that with the you know, obviously they've just sort of adapted the physics in Uncharted Four and uh, Lost Legacy with the with the the grappling hook and the ropes and stuff that you can throw. Uh, mm. But I thought it was so so good throwing it over fences windows. and stuff. Yeah, through windows and things. It was mm. really clever, and uh, and I was a big fan of that. I thought they, you know, they've just they're just scratching the surface on the kind of stuff they can do with with yeah. the, the various mechanics that they've that they've come up with in their engine. And and I'm really looking forward to sort of those being expanded on in in future games from them, whenever that will be. Mm. God, yeah. What what are they even going to do next? They might have to come up with a new IP at this I point. Yeah, I think so. Apparently, there's an Uncharted yeah. game in development at San Diego, yeah. but not at Naughty mm. Dog. So who knows? Who even knows? Yeah. But uh, we do have some more thoughts from 
other patrons as well. Richard Major said, The story. Switching characters back and forth a few times really gave more meaning to the story, making me feel things I hadn't before. It looked beautiful. It did new things. It upset gaming alpha chads. <laughs> That's yes. the real victory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan mm-hmm. Scott says, Outstanding piece of art. A wonderfully woven narrative taking place within a beautiful, depressing landscape. A gripping 25-hour experience that plays with your emotions. Don't think it gets mentioned enough how much the gameplay and combat is improved of the first game. Well, there you mm. go. I just said that. But uh, Also, the story is really good. It is really, really good. The, yeah, to echo your thoughts about the gameplay, I, I played The Last of Us Part 1, the, the, or just The Last of Us, I suppose, remastered mm. on PS4 leading up to the game's release, and that game is still phenomenal, but it's like some of its controls are a, are a bit weird, and that is right. it's all so much better in, in part two. Like they've really come a long way since then, very mm. long way. Yeah. And uh, finally, Harrison says, when a game like that to essentially someone who isn't a gamer makes them feel as empty as I did inside, and made me instantly play the first game only to go through the trauma of the second one again in order to feel its power, then I believe <laughs> it can be hailed as one of the best games. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, looking at so I don't, I've still not worked out what your number one's going to be, and maybe I'm going to kick myself. You are. But um, right, okay. Um, <laughs> but looking at the uh, uh, at what we've done in terms of patron votes plus my votes plus your votes, without doing any maths and assigning values to actual rankings, looks to me like this might be sort of collectively our game of the year. Last of Us Part Two. I would, two, would, you I would say? say it. Ab- absolutely is especially as far as the patrons go it came out way ahead in the first round and came out way ahead in the second round of voting as well so it was it was the clear winner as far as the patrons are concerned and it's my number one and your number two so yeah surely between us say it's uh, there you go i would say it's the collective game of the year absolutely collective yeah well it's time to time for me to remember a game that i've forgotten has existed clearly um now time for me to be be just sort of a, a precious diva and split from the herd and and say hey here's my number one it's not the same as your number one but as i said this was let it, let's just say like borderlands 3 last year which was my game of the year i've mm. played better games this year but this one definitely had the biggest impact on me and so for me personally it i had to put it at number one and i did um and R ah about this and it's final fantasy 7 remake Oh, of course. Uh, well, so I'd not forgotten that I kind of I thought you'd already said that, no. I think. So uh, that'd be why. Yeah. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake is my game of the year. I have thought about it a lot since I played it when it came out. I want to say in April. It's a long time mm-hmm. ago now. But yeah, it's stuck with me ever since. And uh, even though I, you know, I ended up grinding and getting the platinum and going a bit insane playing it on the hardest difficulty. Uh, yeah. It was still such a joy and it's a game that i really really it, like it's popped up a few times this year sort of in the same headspace as spider-man did uh last year sorry we're not in 2020 anymore thank god uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it popped up a few times throughout the year like i really want to play that again i would think about the music and think god i'd love they, that game was really good i'd like to play that again i want to play that again and i didn't because i didn't have time but i'm mm. assuming that when it eventually releases on xbox and other platforms and stuff it will have some sort of next gen upgrade so i might wait for that not that the game you know looked rough because it was beautiful uh, apart from some of the textures but yeah really good so 
it was my favorite game of all time being remade mm. and a it actually came out after five odd years and b it was really really good which i don't think a lot of us were expecting and certainly in my initial impressions i wasn't that you know wasn't that hyped up on it after the yeah. opening you know the bombing run the bombing mission that i played at uh, egx and they released in the demo as well i was like this is brilliant the music's incredible i loved the, their take on combat and the additional dialogue and stuff hearing it voiced was such an you know an elevated experience for me as someone who was a fan of the original and then you go to the first sort of hub town and you do a quest where you go looking for a little girl's lost cat and at that point i was like oh no oh no what have they what have they done i am yeah. i am this has lost me completely but i stuck with it and in the end, you know, sort of like when you play any new game for the first time and a mechanic pops up and it's like, okay, I'm, I hate the fact that I'm having to learn something here, but ultimately, you know, it becomes second nature. You know, you go to the next hub town, it's like, right, I've got to do all the side quests so I get all the bonus points and so on and get all the goodies that, that comes with those. So it just sort of became second nature. And I don't think any side quest dipped as low as finding the lost cat. Uh, but mm -hmm. everything from the music to the expanded character arcs and the way it begins to distance itself from the plot of the original is hugely exciting. The fact that it is, and I sort of talk, uh, spoke about this at the time, it, the game almost becomes self-aware. Like in a, not in a poking fun at itself kind of way, but in a Terminator AI kind of way. Like it right. knows, it's implied that certain antagonists know what happened originally and they're trying to change it and that's uh, okay. hugely exciting for what they can do with the rest of it uh, because not only is it sort of you know nodding and winking and saying oh something's up here what is it who even knows but they gave us they gave us the fan service of the of the first part remade and they did a brilliant job and they gave us expanded looks at various characters, you know, all the members of Avalanche and stuff. You spend way more time with them and they become really compelling and you actually care about them. And, it, you know, it's it's it just makes it that much more heartbreaking when what happens to them happens to them. But then mm. what happens to some of them maybe doesn't happen to some of them. And you're like, hang on, why is this not what is what is going on? I don't this didn't happen before. That shouldn't yeah. be like that. And as it goes on it becomes more and more implied that actually someone is actively trying to actively trying to change what happened in the original game and so now that the developers have given us the fan service of you know this first part they've sort of given themselves uh they've they've sort of laid the groundwork to kind of di diverge from the path and do their own thing while still set in the vague world that final fantasy 7 took place in and that is that's really exciting. I don't know if they will, mm. you know, be able to live up to that expectation and the sort of the, uh, the the standard that they've set for themselves. I don't know when we'll even see a next part. If we'll see a next part, they're apparently working on it. But it does, I think, need to continue in the vein of how they designed this one. It needs to be in three parts, and each one needs to be given as much time and care and attention and be expanded as much as this one did. Because I was blown away by this and I cannot wait to play the next part and eventually go back to this one as well. Mm. 
Yeah. No, that's no surprise that issue number one is we we mentioned it with it was patrons number four and you know three games later or three entries later with multiple games in each one I'd forgotten that you'd not already talked about or yeah that you you'd not already talked about it. Yeah. So uh, I th- yeah, that's I'm not surprised at all that that's your your top pick and i feel the same way about that's why crash 2 ranks uh as high as number two for me is that you know i i know that it's not you know the second best game of the year even within the games that i've played um but it's sometimes it's about it's it's our personal best games of the year or our favorite games of the year perhaps mm-hmm. um and uh yeah no rightly so like you know your, your your number one spot or your top three or top five should be what we want what we enjoyed the most um so there we go that's wonderful mm. well, i'm glad you enjoyed that so much I did. and uh, as i say i will i will give it a try one yeah, day you should it's fantastic mm. very very good but uh, there we are that is our games of the year for 2020 and thank you mm-hmm. to our patrons of course as well for thank for you. helping yeah. and getting involved with their selections and uh, peter is going to tell you now where else you can find us and how you can get involved with similar things in the future. Absolutely. Um, we're on youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump where we do all of our videos and streams. When we're streaming, we're modded by Lob Rotovich, Madster Dactyl, and Trowling Badger. Thank you very much. Our social media is twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Um, Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. Um, and you can head over there and tell us about other games that maybe should have been in this list um but hey why weren't you on patreon voting for for your selection which you could have done by going to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump lots of different rewards available there including worst games ever a couple of days early um we've got a discord bit.ly forward slash team triple jump that's modded by jack and joe thank you jack and joe for modding the discord the podcast if you're watching on youtube is available in audio form at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump and the website is triplejur.mup if you go to triplejur.mup that's ju.mp forward slash shop there will be merch available there for you to buy um at time of release i don't know if the new merch will be there yet but um We've got new merch on the way this year, early this mm. year, very soon, hopefully. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, and finally, triplejud.mup forward slash VODs will redirect you to our YouTube channel where we upload all of our VODs. Um, and Pat looks after that with our weekly highlights videos and does an excellent job. And James also looks after it by uploading the VODs themselves. So thank you, Pat and James, for looking after the VODs Absolutely. there. Absolutely. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday, Thursday being the joint stream, blaze it on YouTube, Monday and Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows once every other week or thereabouts. Finally, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would help very much with something to do with Al Gore, Al Gore's rhythms. Al Gore's rhythms. Mm-hmm. Al, Gore's Al Gore's rhythms. We would like to thank Andrew from Cultaholic for all his hard work doing bonus streams for us on a Sunday. Um, mm, absolutely. He's returned to the land of wrestles for now, but we do hope to see him in the future. And uh, thank you to everyone who was so welcoming and lovely to him when he was streaming on Twitch for us. Indeed, he did an excellent job. kept kept the channel, the Twitch channel, going while we were on our little breaks. So uh, 
yeah, thank you very much, Andrew. And he will be back, I'm sure, at some point. I'm sure. But, he will. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a worst games ever week, Peter. Yes, it is. That's back too. We're straight back into worst games. First day of first week of the year, <laughs> and uh, it's a worst games week. It is. It's the first um, time we spoke to each other as well since coming. Yeah, out, it's like, oh, had to play a terrible game. Time to play a horrible video game. Mm. And I think we were both a bit sleepy as well because <laughs> we've been getting up at silly late in the morning, um, and then we had to get up and do that. But it's, okay. it's a good one. You'll enjoy it. Mm. Go give that a watch. It that is. would have come out yesterday at the time of release for patrons and for patrons for everyone else. So mm-hmm. go give that a watch. Also, we released a massive ranked list. Every handheld games console ranked from worst to less. Uh, well, Jesus, works to best, works to, <laughs> to worse. Uh, and uh, that is sort of a sequel to the console ranked that we did last New Year's Day. Yeah, well done, uh, Alex, for editing that together. It's It was a hefty job, and Philip for writing Absolutely. it, as usual. Well done, guys. Brilliant stuff. And finally, there was another every launch game played video about the PS1, and that's all up live now for you to go and watch if you haven't seen it already. I think it's time for, goodness, it's time for lunch, actually. It's some, it we've is, somehow skipped yeah. over breakfast and lunch during the course of this recording, so I think it's time to go have our meal. Yeah, I mean, I would say that today's sponsor, I'd like to remind you, was Snugbacks yes. to keep your back snug. But because we've not had breakfast and lunch, I'm worried that I would accidentally say bug snacks oh, no, because I require just said a snack. It then. So, oh, oh no, well, it's a good job beans. it's not real then, isn't yeah, it? That is that's handy. Yeah. Terrible. Right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And we will see you for a regular episode next week. Bye. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.